0: Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong.
1: Mahalo, Evan. Today's guest is David Cole, President and CEO of Maui Land and Pineapple Company, Inc. Prior to joining Maui Land and Pineapple, David became top executive in the publishing and IT industries, working in major cities such as L.A., San Francisco, Paris, Washington, D.C., and New York for companies such as Ashton Tate, Navisoft, Ziff Communications, and Sunnyside Farms. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, David Cole. Welcome to our show, David.
2: Aloha, Carrie. And so, how are you guys?
1: We're doing great. Yeah, Thank happy for to being be here. here today. Could you tell us a little bit more about the Maui Pineapple Company?
2: Well, Maui Land and Pineapple Company has really been around for a very, very long time. It dates all the way back to uh, about 1909. And It's well known for its pineapple and equally uh, known for its resort, the Kapalua Resort, which is on West Maui.
0: How did you get involved with this company? Because you came from high tech,
2: right? Yes, I knew um, Steve Case very well uh, by working with him. We sold a company to him at uh, AOL, and I worked at AOL for about three years. And we continued to work together on a wide variety of different projects, real estate, uh, some things in organic foods, and uh, I became aware of Steve's interest in Hawaii. He managed to uh, invest in two firms, one on Kauai, Grove Farm, and the other on Maui. Uh, and Maui landed Pineapple Company had been a public company for quite a while, and he had stepped in as a white knight and uh, purchased a block of stock that used to belong to Harry Weinberg, uh, the famous raider.
1: Now, you're a local boy, right? You yes, I am. I grew
2: high... up in Kailua and uh, went to uh, Aikahi Elementary, Kailua Intermediate, Kailua High School. Eventually, went to the University of Hawaii in Manoa.
0: See, people can't necessarily see your movements. Your, movement, your body movements look local, but yeah. you don't sound local.
2: Well, I've been uh, traveling around a lot of different places, but I can, you know. I can.
1: <laughs> right. Prior to this, I heard that one say, where are you guys from?
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> So it's nice to be home. I mean, it's a great opportunity hooking up with, uh, with Steve, hearing about his interest in Hawaii. And at the same time, my folks were getting older, you know, I'm not getting much younger myself. And it was a good time, you know, in, in, in all of our lives to find a way to kind of get back home. And it's really, really great to be back here.
1: If we can step back a little bit, could you tell us a little bit more about your IT involvement in those industries?
2: Well, I was first engaged in the publishing industry where I did a lot of work in competitive uh, manuscript acquisition situations. So, that meant that if we had an author that we were very interested in and they were talking to other publishers, I was the guy that was kind of dispatched, you know, to try and, you know, bring back the deal.
0: But you're the negotiator.
2: Well, a little bit. I mean, I knew a lot about uh, kind of communicating. I was a law school dropout, so I, you know, I knew enough to be dangerous. And I, I had this, um, this real interest in the subject area. So my father, who had uh, spent a good deal of his life in technology, had always answered simple questions with very complex answers. So I, I got an education inadvertently, and, um, and I knew something about computer science and engineering through that process. So when I engaged authors, I could talk seemingly intelligently about subjects of interest to them. And it um, it resulted in a pretty good close rate in competitive situations.
0: That's kind of interesting because it seems that people from Hawaii actually have a very good sense of, I don't know if it's diplomacy or being able, just being people, people. You know, they have good people skills for most of them.
2: Yeah, it's really important, I think, because it's such a complex cultural mosaic that uh, we arise from. I can remember... Uh, just being in the minority in my class, you know, and, and there are very few places, you know, in, uh, in in America where as a Caucasian, you would be viewed as a, you know, minority in your own, you know, in your school. And it was, uh, it really kind of uh, heightens your sensitivities. not that, you know, I really felt necessarily, you know, discriminated against, but... You, you have classmates, you know, from all walks of life. You know, you have Samoans and Tongans and Japanese and Chinese and Hawaiians and, and of course, all the combinations, you know. And, and then eventually, um, um, love being what it is, you know, your family actually transforms itself into a Hawaiian, Chinese, Filipino, and all those things, which is what happened to our family over in Kailua. So as you look at, you know, you look at the Cole family today, it's kind of, it stretches out into all these different ethnic groups. So I think you're really much more attuned to different kind of social situations, you know, when you're in this kind of complex mosaic, and so much so that it's a real risk trying to recruit people to leadership positions in Hawaii where they don't have some experience in multicultural situations. So it's one of the things that we factor into virtually all of our recruiting efforts.
0: So you try to recruit more locally, or are you looking at everywhere? Well,
2: at a couple levels. I mean, we'll look everywhere. For example, we just brought someone into our company who at an early age went to Africa, and spent some time in Africa uh, on his own volition, and then uh, also spent a year in uh, in Japan, you know, studying Japanese. And he has no had no prior connection with the Japanese culture. So here's someone who's demonstrated through their conduct, you know, an intrepid lifestyle. So you can see that they're wide open to an assortment of different cultural experiences. So that's a low risk hire. Uh, someone on the other hand who's just been working in one narrow industry and has been restricted to. One economic class and has stuck to just one language and has never really spent any time in another culture. That's a high risk hire. On the hospitality side of our business at Kapalua, it's vitally important to get people who have a cultural memory that have a real sense of what this place is like and are able to interpret it in a passionate and authentic way to visitors. Because the, it's not just the place that makes the magic. If there's any real great magic, it comes through the dynamic, that's possible through a knowledgeable and passionate host with an inquisitive and genuinely interested guest. So there it's important to get people who have a connection to the islands.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. you're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is David Cole, President and CEO of Maui Land and Pineapple Company, Inc. Prior to joining Maui Land and Pineapple, David became top executive in the publishing and IT industries, working in major cities such as L.A., San Francisco, Paris, Washington, D.C., and New York for companies such as Ashton Tate, Navisoft, Ziff Communications, and Sunnyside Farms.
0: It seems that you have this this philosophy of sustainable business practices. Can you explain that for us a little bit and, and then talk about, after that, into um, Kapalua and how they're recycling the construction project? I thought that was
2: really interesting. Sure. Well, first of all, I mean, I kind of grew up in a in a world where you can't imagine any more beautiful place than, than being in Kailua at, uh, say, 4 o'clock in the morning, folding Newspapers and uh, and watching the world come alive, you know, watching the greens and the blues, and then the birds beginning to emerge, and so growing up in that setting is is very enriching and stimulating, and, and I never took that for granted. Today I still feel the same way, and I always get up before dawn, no matter where I am in the world, but particularly in Hawaii, kind of celebrate the dawn, and I've loved biology. It's always been my first love, so I've kind of been tuned in there in a way. I think I'm kind of a conservationist, you know in kind of business clothing, though you may question whether or not this is business clothing <laughs> but uh but I'm very comfortable looking for ways to try to harness market power to promote beneficial behaviors and I think a lot of responsible business people, even though they don't say you know they're into sustainability, they're looking over the horizon and they're trying to find ways to achieve harmony uh, between multiple objectives where they're where they're looking at safeguarding the culture that uh, that keeps them competitive or keeps them distinctive and they're looking at ways to ensure that the environment is left no worse than when they found it and hopefully better at the same time they're looking at good financial performance so I think you'll see that in the future this moniker of you know being you know somebody that's into sustainability won't make much sense it's kind of like saying you know, you're looking for a good communicator, you know, as a leader. I mean, you just assume that, you know, communications is part of what you bring, you know, to your job.
0: Well, can you give us some examples of, of how this actually is in practice?
2: Well, for us over at Maui Land and Pineapple Company, we were faced with what would we do with a building that uh, is only maybe 26 or 27 years old, the Kapalua Bay Hotel. And a building, man, that, that's a hotel complex. Oh, yeah, it's that, a, that's a complex. building to these guys. <laughs> well, we had to move boldly to reposition the resort because it had been kind of gradually moving down market, and, and the company really didn't have the resources to reinvest in moving the, the, uh, the resort up market or even maintaining an earlier market position. So they used the bluntest of all marketing tools, which is price, and they just kept discounting and discounting and discounting until you ended up on, underwater, and it's very hard to get out of that. So you need to really take bold steps you know, to reverse that kind of problem. So for us, that meant, among other things, taking the most extraordinary place on the resort. We have some 23,000 acres on West Maui and five beaches. But this point where the Kapaloo Bay Hotel is, is spectacular. But the hotel itself had been largely ignored. had been not treated well, uh, particularly over the last 10 or 15 years. So we decided that we would move aggressively to um, make a statement and say, we're going to build an experience at that place. And it wouldn't be a, a mere renovation, but it would be starting all over again. And that led us down this path of how do we think about dealing with the old building. And we decided that we would commit ourselves to recycling over 95% of the building. And we've been in the process now the past several weeks, taking the doors off, uh, a lot of the windows and turning the doors into desks, uh, the railings into the legs for the desks, the glass itself is going into a new complex that we're putting together in Kahului. We call this upcycling, where you move from one level of value, which is just a door, for example, to another level of value, which is uh, office furniture, which is much higher value. And we're doing it ourselves. It's the right thing to do, you know, stay away from the landfill and find a way to either reuse or upcycle uh, virtually all the materials at the hotel. And that made perfect sense to us. No one on the board and no one in management questioned it. It just seemed like the right thing to do.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio.
0: After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Haneman.
1: The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed.
0: The greater good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life.
1: Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com.
0: Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you get packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untouched shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com.
1: We're back with David Cole, President and CEO of Maui Land and Pineapple Company, Inc. David, before break, you were talking about being a responsible business leader, and it seems that You know, you integrate this with the recycling of moving these or this building that you were telling us about. Where did you learn this philosophy of, you know, people are leaders, yes, but at the same time something sometimes things just have to be done and we become irresponsible. How do you keep that in perspective and make sure that, you know, what you're doing is for the best of the community and for the environment because you're a conservationist?
2: Well first I should say that the 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 way in which we conduct our affairs at the company all takes place within a value framework that we collectively put together. This isn't something that just kind of parachuted in, you know, one day from Oahu or from the other side of the island or from somewhere else. This is something that we instituted. When I came, we we sat down and we found young people throughout the company, none of the existing leadership, but people who had a great deal of passion, either positive or negative about the company, and we put them into four planning teams. And among other questions, we said, who are we? What really matters? What are the values we're going to use to make decisions with? And that became the kind of the core of how we then began to make decisions. And we agreed on what those cornerstone values were through that extensive process. It took us about three and a half or four months to go through it, but vitally important to get square on what your values are before you constitute a vision. And those values were very much centered in traditional Hawaiian values, the values of Malama Aina, which is caring for that which cares for you, the land and the water and the near shore environment, and ho'o'hano'hano, which is celebrating the cultural diversity uh, which makes us so distinctive, this this culture of Hawaii, and also po'o'kela, which is this commitment to achieving distinction in the marketplace and being committed to continuous improvement. And those became our cornerstone values. Why are values so important? The world tends to undergo relentless change. And the real question, you know, for your leadership is how you respond to that change. And if you're very clear on as to what your collective values are, those decisions uh, become much more straightforward. If, on the other hand, you're merely banking on a business plan, it can be and will be stale in a relatively short period of time. And if you have no values, then you tend to panic. You're not sure what to do. So uh, that's kind of how we I mean, got compass. to this value framework—that's our compass. It's a moral compass, but it's also a decision-making compass. So when you're faced with something like, what do you do with an old building? If it costs you more, you know, to to upcycle it and recycle it versus just shove it over into the landfill, you're going to, you know, swallow hard and do it because it's consistent with your core values.
1: Being that you wear these values pretty much on your sleeve, and you, you know, you share it with people, whether it's people visiting or um, local people, do you think this is one reason that makes you? a side out an employer to work for because so many of the locals do share the same things, but to actually hear and see it continuously on a daily basis.
2: I think that's important. You know, what gets you out of bed in the morning? You know, it's uh, what propels you, you know, to, to really do your best in a, in a collective effort as a teammate. But it, there are also much more basic issues. How do you become an employer of choice? If you really want to create great value, you need to be focused on, how you become that. For us, we know through asking our employees and those that we're seeking, uh, those that we're trying to recruit, that there are three really important dimensions, you know, beyond just a, an inspiring mission and an enabling set of values. First is housing because it's a, we're in a crisis mode here, and in it, we have an aging population. It's very hard to attract and retain people that are in their prime earning and childbearing years, and, and that's vitally important to us. second are schools you know, for obviously the same reason. You need great schools. And third, you need um, a contemporized suite of benefits that is attractive to, to younger people. And we're working very hard across all three. We've we uh, we've worked with the community to um, provide the land and some of the initial funding for the Maui Preparatory Academy, MPA, on West Maui. Uh, we're working very hard to create new communities like Polele on West Maui, which is going through the entitlement process now, where 50% of the community is set aside affordable housing, and uh, much of it targeted to our current and future employees, as well as gap housing, and we're going through the process of updating our benefits so they're relevant and really kind of exciting, you know, to to younger people.
1: And why do you do this? Why are you getting involved in this? Why does your business get involved with this?
2: Uh, It's the right thing to do. It's the right way to build value. It's the right way to compete. It's the right thing to do for existing people. It's the right thing to do for our shareholders. It just works all the way across the board, and it results in a much stronger community.
1: And at greatergoodbooks.com.
0: Neptune Nights, we're feeling fine. We're staying cool
1: on Hawaiian time.
0: Neptune
1: Nights, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptune Nights. For bubble tea supplies in your friends. home, at a party, or like business, contact Bubble had. Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at Bubble bubbletea.com. Neptune
0: Nights, Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. greatergoodradio.com.
1: If you're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is David Cole, President and CEO of Maui Land and Pineapple Company, Inc. Under David's leadership, Maui Land and Pineapple has worked to address the lack of affordable housing which eventually led to the provision of 450 affordable homes on Maui. He currently serves on the advisory boards of Command Mayor Schools.
0: We know that you implement these practices within your business, but in your personal life it seems that you're on several nonprofit boards and you're spending considerable amounts of time there also. Why are you doing that?
2: Well, for lots of reasons. I mean, one of the things that happens when you're in a community like this one is that the decisions about where you go and how you do things are not entirely up to you. Um, my passions, I think, are well-known by my mentors. And uh, my friends, and so sometimes they come to you and say uh, it's time for you to do these things, and that's that's what happened in the case of the Nature Conservancy of Hawaii, where I'm chairman. I'm involved in a turnaround of a company, a very old company, a distinguished company on Maui, and the Nature Conservancy is a fairly uh, complex and and also very well rooted and respected um, nonprofit organization that's doing important work in Hawaii and. The leadership of that organization came to me, uh, people that I respect and, uh, frankly, I can't say no to, and just said, it's time for you to do this. You have to step up and become chairman here. So, And uh, that's how what it's like in an island community. It's um, It can be a little uh, intimidating at times, but it's the right thing to do. It's not something I would seek out, not at this stage of my life. I'm happy I'm doing it, yes, but does it matter? I, was, I have to do it, and I'm happy to do it uh, because, you know, you're – your colleagues, your mentors, and your friends they, uh, in the end, I think they have a pretty good sense as to uh, uh what's needed, and that's true with some of the other relationships uh, so when uh, d j mailer called me when she came to the command schools and asked me if I would be an advisor to command schools, I instantly said yes and I've, I'm very happy I did because it's, it's a very important link for me, and historically you know it's a it's an organization that i've I've followed very closely uh, through most of my life
1: What changed? Did you see in your career path when you started getting more involved, you know, as chair chairman of the board and the advisory board of Kamehameha Schools, because, you know, you're really involved in the community in Maui and some of the other things that you're doing to build the communities, but actually getting involved in these boards, what change did you see in your career with that?
2: Well, it's not so much in my career, uh, really kind of more, it's it's more enriching in my personal life. Uh, so. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm so old now <laughs> that I'm not sure I'm, you know, in the, in the career dressing up mode. But personally, it's been very enriching, to, you know, to, uh, to get some, you know, a deeper appreciation for what's happening in different aspects of the community. I've been very happy to, to see and, and be engaged in these very long discussions. I mean, if you look at the preparation that goes into an advisory board meeting at Kamehameha Schools, it's phenomenal. And they're, they're very serious about making sure that the time you spend there is time well spent and i i deeply appreciate it i'm quite sure i i take away you know a lot more value than i give in those advisory board sessions and i feel the same way with my colleagues whether staff or fellow board members at the nature conservancy there's a lot of give and take there are a lot of different perspectives that are shared and i feel i always walk away uh, with far more than i brought to the meetings
0: did you always do this when you were younger also or just as you got more mature in your career?
2: Well. I think I was more involved in college. I was kind of much more involved in, in social activist issues. Um, you know, the Indochina War was very much part of what we were faced with here in Hawaii in the late 1960s, the early 1970s. The, um, you know, we had a, a lot of stresses and strains that were taking place here. I mean, you had so many kind of cultural changes that were underway. And I was very much engaged in a lot of that, uh, kind of experimenting with uh, being a, a political activist and, uh, and a social activist in different ways.
1: We're almost out of time, but if you could give um, our listeners maybe some last advice on getting involved in the community and just really involving their business practices to integrate to help both of them succeed at the same time.
2: Well, I've, I've said to a lot of folks that I've worked with over the years that have sought out uh, my advice, particularly in the high-tech world, that if you want to know what to do, Find a person half your age and uh, observe them. But if you want to know how to do it, find somebody twice your age and see how they've managed through difficult situations in a much longer career. So it's being open to those different perspectives and not just, you know, hanging out with uh, folks that are your age, you know, that are sharing uh, largely the same experiences. So diversity of experience really helps uh, strengthen your own perspectives and gives you a sense of the possible, which is vitally important for for leaders uh, to have and lastly
0: can you share with us maybe an inspirational story of some sort that kind of has made a difference in, in your life whether it's uh, community or giving back or sustainability or any of that
2: right well one one person who we saw uh, early on when he came back was a secretary who had signed up for one of the employee housing projects that was done by the company years ago and uh, even though she was at the top of the list and they had a seniority system at the time. No one really had talked with her and her husband about how you qualify for a mortgage or how you think about actually getting into a home. So the day came when it was time for them to pick their home from this relatively small community that the company had, had managed to get entitled, and at the last minute they discovered that they didn't qualify for a mortgage. Uh and that ended up costing the company uh her engagement with the company and she and her husband moved to Las Vegas. So that made it clear to us. We had to think beyond just, you know, making housing available. We had to, you know, as, a, as just an entitlement matter, we had to really think through the whole situation, the whole person, in terms of um, their credit issues and their saving issues and the, the whole solution. And that's what we're responsible for is getting them in, you know, to the house and keeping them engaged as a member of our community. And that really kind of woke me up. That was very early on when she announced that she was leaving uh, because they were unable to afford a home. And I would like to one day find a way to bring her and her family home.
0: Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host Evan Leong and Carrie Leong saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.